This is Super Yacht Radio. to Art Radio. I am delighted this month to be chatting with many of the A-Crew nominees. And as many of you know, we have been doing this past two years more with the winners than the nominees, but this seemed like such a lovely opportunity since we started the year with the winners to meet some of the nominees and who they are and why they've been nominated for the positions they have from their peers around the world. And uh, kicking off, I have the wonderful Captain Tom Solbakken, who is up for the Captain Master Unlimited Award. You know, I, I have to say, one of my first questions very often when I'm talking to people is, how did you start in yachting? Well, in the case of Tom, <laughs> it has been in his genes for generations. <laughs> Tom, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. So, Tom, so, you really, I mean, you are a generational man of the sea. Well, I, I, uh, I uh, headed in with, with, a, with a mother's mill, as you, as you might say. <laughs> My father, uh, also a captain, um, he, uh, by the way, has just managed to retire at the age of uh, his mid-70s. He was sailing um, deep sea as they call it, on, on tankers at that time when I was uh, still a, a very young kid. And uh, my first trip at sea uh, was with him, and my mom brought me along, and we sailed with my father for uh, a substantial amount of months uh, going worldwide. So, and that was at the age of four. So you might say that I've, I've been, uh, been groomed into it from, uh, from the childhood. Got your sea legs as soon as you could walk. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I walked properly, but, uh, <laughs> but yes, <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> and then, Tom, take us, I mean, because you didn't start necessarily in super yachting. You started kind of in your 20s in, in, on well, boats, would, but bigger boats. I would say teen, teens. I, I started when I was a, a teenager. Uh, uh, subsequently, uh, from that first trip at sea with my dad, there was also many more to follow. So uh, by the time I was 15, I actually had 18 months in my sea service book. Wow. That's so, an achievement uh, to 15. Yeah, I started, I started professionally at, at 15. So that's um, a, a bit more, a bit earlier than the... Uh, the people are getting into the into the water these days. I do believe. I don't know even if it's allowed uh, legally wise to to start working at fifteen these days. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, and I I know for younger crew coming in. I mean, this is one of the big generational shifts that you know my generation and and mass or menace. When you say how did you start in yachting? Very often it's you know I. I landed in there or I got a summer job or where now yeah. it, it's a much more defined 
kind of career path that starts with a lot of certifications and is a lot of um, competition in many ways, I think. Yeah, it's it's. I would say that you need to you need to have the the interest for it and the curiosity, and and uh, also the the um, the balls for it. Uh, even that is a, a sexist term, uh, I would say. But you, you need to you need to want to try and challenge yourself, and and I believe that that is what this whole. Uh, career has been about challenging yourself and and doing uh, doing uh, more and better things, and uh, that's why we've uh, we've ended up now on on uh, some of the most challenging and technically difficult uh, ships in the most difficult areas uh, in in uh, superyacht luxury, and and that is uh, it. All goes back to maybe starting on your dinghy when you're a kid and your little uh, little uh, nine-foot boat with a four-horsepower outboard engine and, and building up from there. <laughs> Step us through a little bit because, you know, you, you kind of went from working on board with your dad. How did you transgress from that point onto super yachts? Because it, it's marine, well, but it's, it's a lateral yeah. move. It it is it is, um, and I was I was fortunate enough to meet a, a owner that that took me on board, uh, and then I I had already been been acquiring my my master unlimited license, and and we met uh, we clicked off, and and uh, he invited me to I didn't even know at the time that he that he had one, uh, to be honest. So so I was. I was stumbling into the superyacht industry by uh, not accident, but uh, by a way of, of of not even knowing what it was. Uh, obviously, you you'd seen all these big, beautiful yachts around, and and suddenly there I was uh, learning the ropes, uh, so to say, but at a higher position, uh, which I would say could also be even more demanding because all the all the quirks and demands and and not necessarily the way that the regular commercial industry does it i would say the uh, the adaptation had to be quite severe the level of 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 professionalism that came into the into the yachts i was uh, i was shocked and pleased because i but, i would um, I mean, you've got sort of the two sides. On on one side, essentially driving the boat was going to be similar. On the other hand, there was a whole extra level between owners and guests and the kind of admin and administration that goes with running a super yacht as well. Yeah, the the various demands uh, from... um from owners are are uh, tremendous and and you never know what what a super yacht owner or or charter might uh, might demand or or request or so uh, it's it's um, the creativity to make it happen uh, so that they are pleased and happy uh, and satisfied with uh, their ultimate 
luxury voyage, how that should be in their eyes. So it's it's our duty to try and, and fulfill that. Um, so yes, that that was challenging um, and still is in many many aspects. And I would say that that is what makes Supiot industry so uh, such a delight to be working in because you never know uh, where you're going to end up or or what requests you're going to get. And it's it's your uh, challenge to uh, to make it happen, and and um, but of course within a, a safe environment. Mm. So um, mixing those can can be at times challenging, absolutely. And out of interest, like the role of captain um, being the kind of leader of the crew, was that very different to commercial? boats or I mean because the crew obviously have different roles on a super yacht than they would on a commercial vessel but they're still just crew well uh, I would I would address you a little bit there mate because there is not not such thing as just crew yes I, I actually as I said that I went you know what I should take back the just so, I say so, just human uh, yeah, just human, and 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 thanks God that they are just human, because otherwise it would be it would be uh, it would be difficult uh, as well. But no, the uh, I would say that the adaptation of superyacht crew are are at a higher stage than than commercial. On commercial, you have kind of set lines that you are following, and and if you tell. Uh, an engineer that uh, he need to to help out on deck doing that. He would just raise his eyebrow and said, "I'm an I'm an engineer. I'm not doing that." Um, and vice versa, deck people into the engine and such uh, such uh, all around actually. Uh, but no, the the uh, the level of of adaptation and the way of of people uh, going out of their legs to to make things happen, I would say it's, it's much, much more professional on yachts. And the people can do so much more things. They are not like set in a, in a A4 uh, format. They, they, they are a whole book. And uh, that, is, that is what is challenging and is also so very rewarding in, in the way of, of people are going out of their ways to, uh, to try and get things done. So... Tom, your kind of your focus was uh, you've kind of <laughs> moved laterally because you you've kept with being a captain, but you've had some extra expertise um, looking at boat building, which has also become one of your passions on as well as being a captain. Absolutely, the uh, the. Um... I, I used to to say that before you had maybe a couple of I mean going thirty years back you had maybe a couple of computers on board to to help you do the work and then and then on on a ship and now you have a a supercomputer with a with a ship around it <laughs> because uh, everything is so automized and and so specialized and um, the the level of technical advances done in the last 20 years is actually tremendous. Mm. And then obviously, 
people in all of this needs to learn how to operate it and, and how to incorporate it and and this. So uh, I would say that the the technologic behind everything is is doing better and, and greater things and, and more diverse things. And I mean we have superyachts now that uh, that is is operating with equipment uh, all the way down to six thousand meters. And, uh, and flying planes on board and helicopters and, and these kind of things. And um, obviously that uh, requires special skill sets for the, for the people on board, training for it and, and building it and, and planning to build it uh, is, is a big part of it. And so I'm boat building, you got into looking i mean looking at it also from i mean not just a captain's point of view but looking at how we can evolve boat building to the kind of next level yeah it's it's uh, it's um, the creativity uh, of of people uh is amazing um although we as we have seen over the last uh, few years in particular the the uh, boldness in both uh, design and, uh, and equipment uh, is um, should we say challenging? Uh, we've we've seen some challenging designs, uh, but owners wants it, and and it's up to us to 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 kind of make it work. And as for, for my part, um, I went crisscross in between commercial and yachting. Uh, with, with both building uh, and design and developing uh, equipment, uh, developing new bridges, um, and, and now as the as the uh, millennia generation uh, has come into yachting, the uh, the uh, computerization of everything, uh, including the building. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is something that you have to learn, and and I'm kind of a gadget man, so I I like those I like those things, uh, and um, like the the new builds now where you are having owners that that wants all of these toys and they want to do well for environment, uh, they want to have a low carbon footprint. Um, so incorporating all of this new technology into new builds where you could go undisturbed into uh, into areas of the world where uh, the sensitivity of the environment around you is crucial. You need to build ships that are, uh, are uh, suitable for that. Yeah. Well, and, I, and was, I was thinking actually in, in the case of, you know, your home country, because Norway is known um, universally as really one of, not only one of the most advanced ecologically, but even looking at the marine sector of it, you know, I, I know that they brought in regulations of um, of how you can get up the fjords and looking at minimizing the emissions and electric boats. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of the advancements coming out from your home oh, yes well 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 Norway uh, I would say we are we are so few people that in order to to uh, to get things done we have to 
to invent things to 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 help us, <laughs> and and that that has I believe uh, followed Norway all the way from the Viking ages uh, and and going forward. Uh, so we needed to to develop uh, tools that that helped us uh, make the job done. And in the newer era, we we've seen. I mean, let's let's take fishery. It has become so efficient with all these new developments that quotas and regulations within fishery is 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 a must because otherwise we would have emptied the ocean a long time ago. Um, luckily, Norway has since the fifties uh, been a, a force that could be reckoned with. In the preservation of of the uh, of the natural resources, so as a consequence of of that, uh, technology has been developed as well, both to monitor it and to to protect it. Um, and um, of the of the later uh, later ages, uh, let's say the last ten years in particular, the environment has has been been coming in more and more and more. And uh, so now, with 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 zero emission ships that goes on on fuel cells and and fully electric, um, we we have a strong force in Norway with with the uh, many politicians and and interested organization to take care of the to take care of the environment and protect it. Um, I mean, some of them are are quite radical, but. Uh, if we could meet halfway, at least in the beginning, uh, the um, and develop laws and regulations and and protect the nature, um, that is, I believe, a, a good goal. So, I'm taking that idea. Where would you like? I mean, we've seen. I, I have even seen in the past four years, not only the big advancements in Supiot design, in concepts, you know, in the past few years, we've heard about hydrogen and fuel cells and electric and solar paneled catamarans. And, you know, it's wonderful to see this rapid development. Where would you like to see the industry going? Or what do you think needs to change in the industry to bring it forward? I would say I would say like, like Winnie the Pooh. Uh, yes, please, both. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I say we should keep an open mind and and not throw any ideas under the bus until it's been 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 tried and tested. Um, I believe a, a combination of all would would be something that that. Um, we are looking at now. We have the hybrids with with electric um, and slash marine gas oil, um, and then so that you can go uh, semi-electric or, or fully electric in areas which is needed, and then let's say for a crossing uh, as fuel efficient as you possibly can uh, on 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 conventional fuel. Uh, that is what we're looking at at the moment uh, for for the most ships. Um, but I do believe in the future, uh, hydrogen and fuel cells, and um, and that are something that are are really going to come more and more. 
And um, um, I believe that we are going to see within the next uh, five to 10 years uh, zero emission ships that, that could go for uh, for months and, and have a range of 10,000 miles or whatever uh, on, on zero emission. And that's what I'm hoping. Uh, because uh, obviously we need to we need to develop into a more uh, a more ev- an environmental safe future, and if we don't, uh, none of us is going to have a, a future. So uh, absolutely, it's, it's uh, of the most importance that we, we keep developing and keep trying, even though, as I say, some ideas are, are super radical. Uh, they are. Uh, they deserve at least the chance to be heard and, and tried and tested. And, and um, we have uh, amazing scientists out there and developers that are, are working on things that, uh, that can make it better in the future. I, I'm with you there. I mean, I think there are so many elements that are coming into place, not only on, I mean, on we've discussed this about hull designs, but even down to paint and, and how we um, design the insides. And, you know, there's, there's so many extra layers that are coming in. Um, I think it's going to be very exciting to see if in five years, 10 years time. And I think for many of us in the yachting industry, because it's a smaller niche, but there is a lot of money going into it. I, I, kind of have my fingers crossed that it will be a leader that we can see coming at things coming out in the super yacht industry that will then ripple on and have an effect in the marine industry, be it cruise ships or commercial shipping. Well, re- recyclable, recyclable things that you should recycle everything. Uh, Norway is, is, is one of the world leaders of, of recyclable uh, bottles and plastic and, and all of these things and uh, so that that has been been a part of Norwegian reality for for 40 years that you you return uh, your your uh, cups and bottles and all of these uh, that you drink of and, and it gets recycled mm. well let's let's try and get back to the the uh, recyclable things and and reusage. And, and that goes, I would say that, that we, we are now using recyclable materials also in the yachts. And Norway, uh, as well now, has actually made a program, a governmentally funded program, where we, we recycle ships. So wow, the material. Like end of life boats? End of life boats, uh, we take them back into Norway, into yards, uh, which are. Are picking them apart in a in an environmental uh, uh, accepted way, and and reusing the materials from them, and it's it's governmentally funded so that you you actually try and reuse the items on the both the steel and, and the materials inside, and they get reused, um, formed into different material, and reused in industry. Wow, fantastic. So, so uh, um, and of course, that is a, uh, due to the policy and the politics in Norway. I, I know it's difficult to, to maintain and manage, and it's expensive. Uh, luckily, Norway has, has the, the uh, funds for it. But I believe that um, it's a good thing 
for the environment and, and, and doing, doing it such way. And uh, I think more countries will follow. But um, reuse and, and reuse on board as well is, is important. So uh, making water, reusing the energy on board, uh, reusing the, the gray water and filtering it, um, and even the, the, the sewage on board now, the hard sewage is being reused in industry. So uh, it's, it's a lot of technologic advances that can, can uh, help us in the future, I do believe, yes, absolutely. It, it's one of the big topics that we've actually broadcasted from METS for the past two years uh, has been the discussion of end-of-life boats. Um, it, you know, listening to it, uh, Peter Franklin is the sustainability coordinator. Um, he came and chatted with us, but it blew my mind, really, because I, I think I just hadn't thought about the fact that we have all these boats which have been on the water for 10, 20. As we know, there's some super yachts who have been on the water for 70 years. But looking in particular to the materials and the fact that, you know, we have an increased number of boats that have come to the end of life, but we don't know what to do with them. And yeah. like, as you were saying, Norway is leading the world in some ways. France has come in with, you know, a concept that has been rolling the past year or two. I know in Rhode Island, they were looking at how to deal with end of life boats. But it's a discussion that has kind of come later into the boating industry, considering how many boats we have produced over the past 50, 60 years, and an, a really important one to consider. Oh, absolutely. And, and um, I mean, reuse of boats have been going on uh, for millennia. Um, and, and we know that they are beaching the boats in India and, and China is, is, is reusing. And um, so the, the natural resources of the, of the earth is, uh, I would say, at peril. So reusage of, of existing materials is essential. And old steel that can be reused and remelted and reformed. Uh, I would say is, is the way forward um, to save the the uh, natural resources. Uh, but yes, um, and and super yachts is is no different than than any other than any other uh, material, and and it should quite be quite possible to to uh, to reuse. Although with some of the interiors we've seen around, I don't know what we can reuse it for. But <laughs> <laughs> I think we should try. <laughs> There's got to be market somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Sell it off on auction and reuse it for something. <laughs> um, so moving to kind of you know the the role of captain, one of the the feedbacks I've had very often has been about the topic mentorship, the importance of mentorship, uh, both as a captain and also the mentors that have been along the way. So for you, Tom, who were one or two of the 
big influential persons or mentors for you in your path to where you got to? Well, obviously, we've we've uh, we've mentioned him uh, before here, uh, and uh, my father obviously has mm. has been a part of of that, and um, it was it was nice. In the, I think it was in two thousand and eight or nine when we were doing testing of ships, and my father he was sailing commercially his whole life, um, and stayed with the same company for for almost forty years. And when he was going to to retire, I, I started bringing him along on on uh, more advanced ships for for sea trials and testing and and commissioning and all that, and um, the the capability of learning new things, uh, even at age, uh, I would say that that, that uh, makes him one of the role models in adapting into new things. And, and it's, um, I remember he was saying that the first time he was testing dynamic positioning, which enables you to, to put the ship on one position and, and you're sitting perfectly still. And he saw the the usage there, and he said, "This would this would be nice for fishing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't drift." So so he saw the the technical advances that he could adapt into his own into his own usage, and um, and then there has been uh, captains where you have learned from, uh, and also. Um, People working at at the the various companies on the administration, uh, but I, I would also say that I had one captain that I, I learned a lot from, because I I looked at it and I I saw that okay, well that's certainly not the way I want to do. <laughs> so so mentorship could be good and it could be bad, and you and you you need to kind of find your own way. Um, and it's 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 leading crew, and and a yacht could function without a crew, uh, without without a captain. A crew can function without a captain, but a captain cannot function without a crew. So that's uh, that's something that that we as captains should be very much aware of, that we are our leaders of a crew. We we need to adapt into that situation and and crew training and education uh morale and and work ethics and uh, and these kind of things are are so important to to uh put forward in the line and um now as well with with the mental awareness that is going on uh, of the well-being of the crew and the challenges that crew particularly new crew are, are facing is something that uh, that needs to be addressed. Also, some of the mentors that I had, uh, particularly on the on the commercial side of things, were people in the office that that could take the time and sit down and explain things to you, because on board there might not be sufficient time to to sit down and talk to crew. And educate them, and explain to them, and show them uh, why and and how. So, I would say 
I would say that you you need to have a crew around you that are are properly trained and motivated and and, and uh, morally sound. I would say owners that are 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 embracing these things with crew training and and that would see less uh, change of crew and a more stable working environment. Um, Happier the, crew is is longer retention. Yes, and 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 crew turnarounds uh, in yachts is uh, a challenge. I wouldn't say a problem, but it's a challenge. And building your own uh, your own crew that is is perfect uh, is a never ending job. And um, but you need people around you that you that you trust and and rely on that you can can just look at and they know what is needed to be done mentorship comes in in so many ways and and from from so many places and even the most experienced captain can learn something from a green deckhand because mm-hmm. they come into the industry and they they see things with different eyes and and might actually be able to learn you new things so uh, going into it with a, an open mind is is important an open mind and um, I think a continuing uh, desire to learn more, you know, there's so many different opportunities. And as you said, you know, mentorship doesn't have to be those with more experience above us. We can, uh, I can testify with four children. They are as much my teachers in life as I am theirs. But it has been that experience of, you know, sometimes when you look at the world from a nine-year-old eyes, you think, yeah, actually, that's, that's a way I haven't seen from it. Well, you, 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 t- you tend to get the, the honesty mm-hmm. and, and the different view and the different perspectives. And, and you can learn from it and, and adapt into it. So it's, it's more that the, the, it's, it's we, the, the old and gray generation that needs to adapt into something new rather than, than vice versa, because the, the world is moving forward and we're, we're along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> and for the green crew coming in, um, with what sort of sage advice or pointers would you give those that are just kind of starting their path now i i would say you you need to to listen and you need to challenge and question within reasonable amounts (laughs) Um, the one that said that stupid questions uh, don't exist just stupid answers is completely wrong stupid questions do <laughs> definitely exist. Um, so it's, it's, about, um, it's about finding your way to learn uh, and, and staying safe, doing, doing, doing your best, keeping your head down and, and adapting and learning, um, but still keeping an, an open mind. And, uh, but I, I would say that that is the, the way when you're starting, looking at the more experienced, and as you are gaining experience, you see that, okay, I might change a little bit on this way, so doing it, because that works better for me. But it's all, it's all a part of, of team effort on the yacht, and, and it needs to 
to function as one team. So that needs to be needs to be the main goal is teamwork. And, Which is uh, interesting only because um, I would have thought the generation before you or you as a young, well, you didn't really have the necessarily the crew versus captain, but I would have thought 20, 30 years ago, there would have been a hierarchy as there was in most industries and a very clear hierarchy. There wasn't necessarily we're all in a team together. There was a, this is your captain and follow what he says. Do you well, think that that has shifted or is that just my perception? Oh, uh, it, it, it has shifted. Yes. Uh, it has adapted. Yes. It, does it still exist? Most definitely. And, and it has to be a hierarchy because the ultimate responsibility is, is with the captain. He is, he is responsible. And that said, he is responsible both for the good and the bad. But the responsibility of, of decision-making is, is with the captain. And being able to make good decisions, you need good teams around you. And you need to be able to trust the people around you. And, and there, that's where, where education and training comes in. And building a good team takes, uh, takes time. And finding people you trust takes time. And um, within our industry, in the super yachts and all that, we do have some very self-centered uh, personalities. And, and they, they should be. But it needs to be working for the, the, the safety and the, the best of, of the yacht. But hierarchy, yes. Um, hierarchy put in system will work. But it needs to be done correctly. Uh, so it's it's not that you are sitting alone on top there as a captain and making all the decisions by yourself. Uh, the decision should be made out of a, a, a team effort. Having a, a purser, a chief engineer, uh, an electrician, and, and good deckhands and stewardesses, and and all of that that goes. The decision goes up the ranks and, and should, with the emphasis on should, uh, result in, in good and safe decisions being made. And, and that's line management and, and, or hierarchy, as we call it. But line management is, is essentially what it is. So, um, but it, it still exists, yes. And, and uh, do captains still pick on engineers? That most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> As every engineer can testify to. <laughs> and, and vice versa. And, and that's, that's uh, it's more out of a professional courtesy than anything else nowadays, I do believe. So before we go, um, a crew nomination, what does it mean for mm. you? Was it a surprise? Was it something you had considered before? Is it just a nice boost to know that your peers have gone, Captain Tom, let's put him in the pot. Um, came as a surprise, most definitely. Uh, most definitely. And I don't know what I did to deserve it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I see it as an honor, absolutely. Uh, and um, 
And I do believe that maybe it, it came out of, of, of trying to make things better. I hope so. Trying to make things safer, trying to develop new things and, and making both the ships uh, better, uh, more environmentally safe, technologically safe, and ultimately keeping the crew more safe. I'm, I'm, um, I'm not sure, but I hope that's why. <laughs> um, but leadership and mentorship, uh, that, that uh, is also a big part of it, I believe. Hopefully, it, it, it was as a result of that. Wonderful. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure as always, to chat with you, yeah. but you know, get a bit more of the story. Yeah. And um, I, 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 I have known you actually from the, you know, yacht design part. Uh, sure. And yeah. it's kind of fun to see the life journey that got you to this point. Yeah, well, you know, I've always said that, that um, you need to challenge yourself and try new things. And, and, um, my career has been a continuation of, of challenging yourself and, and trying new things. And I've been privileged enough to, to be sailing on, on almost any, I would say the only ship types I haven't been sailing on is submarines. But then again, I, I do prefer to stay on top of the water, not underneath it. <laughs> uh, you still got a while yet. You never know. You could get on yeah, to Triton. <laughs> we are getting, we are getting submarines on, on the yachts now. So, um, I might, uh, who knows, I might be able to. <laughs> and we have coming up as well this week, uh, the lovely Samantha Watson, who you know well as well. And she's a person nominee. Yeah, Samantha is, is uh, a person that I would have on my ships any day of the week, any ship. And uh, I am uh, supporting Samantha 100% in, in her uh, role here. So I'm, I'm very happy to see that she was nominated as well. And, and um, she uh, is an amazing person, mentor. And, and uh, I would say that I would, I would have Samantha by my side on any yacht. Well, we look forward to hearing her story as well. Thank you so much I, for joining us today. We have been talking you, with mate. Captain Tom Solbakken, who is up for the Master Unlimited Award, Captain Master Unlimited Award for this year's A-Crew nominations 2021. Get onto the A-Crew site and uh, post up your vote. They're open for the next month. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, mate. My pleasure. Stay well, stay safe wherever you are. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Radio.